Welcome back to another episode of She's Taking Over the Podcast. And it's hard to say another episode. I almost feel like this is a whole new season. And I don't do seasons, but you know what? Actually, I think we all do seasons, to be honest. We have seasons of life, as I always say, as a lot of my friends always say, my good friend James always talks about harvest season. But essentially, I've taken almost a month off. It's been three or four weeks since I recorded a podcast and there's been a lot going on fam. There's definitely been a lot going on and as I return and get back into working with all of my clients, the hardworking hustlers and founders that you are, I've noticed some things that I just cannot wait to share. So without further ado, here I am to share them with you. So yesterday... I was sharing a lot of client wins. I was so proud to come back from my travels and jump on to my meetings with clients and hear about how well they are doing. I was so proud to see how some of my clients that I haven't worked with have progressed over the last 12 months as they've continued on their business journey. And I was just sharing all of the wins. Now, To be honest, for every win that I shared, I also met with somebody or heard somebody, friend or client, bear in mind, I got a lot of friends in the industry, who shared complete opposite sentiments. They were hating on the industry, the fitness industry, business, working as a founder. They were sort of just struggling. They're tired of it. I had tears coming through multiple times, by the way. So if it was you that was crying yesterday when we were chatting, you weren't the only one. Um, I've had people tell me they want to quit their job, quit their business essentially and start start a whole new life because they're frustrated and they're tired. So I had to share this with you because it's become apparent that there is a struggle there is a founder's struggle that I'm fo- that I'm finding, and that is this lack of focus. When something start work starts working really well, people want to change it. They want to do more of it. They want to do it better. They want to continue adding new things. It's like a dopamine fix. When your product starts selling, when your results start coming in, when people are happy with what you are finally doing for them, when you're delivering the thing that you sell, that you promise that you can, then you want to go and change it. I think this is a big problem for the industry. I'm seeing a lot of people advancing with automation and tech, which I'm so pro for. Yes, get with the times, automate your business, be able to scale, pick up 10 more clients if you can. But don't forget at the end of the day, what you are really selling and who you are selling it to. I think what's happening is people are getting so carried away and swept up by this AI movement, trying to be scalable, trying to achieve a business model that allows them to pull back and save or create time, right? That's the goal. That's what we're doing. One of my clients yesterday said to me, I've been doing this for two years now. I've been working so hard for two years and I'm just wondering when it's going to get better. You know, a year ago, she was in a very different position and I sort of just said to her, two Two, my dad is 67 and still working to some degree. And if we were to say to our parents' generation that we have been doing something for two years and it's hard and tiring and it's time to throw in the towel, they would laugh us to laugh, laugh in our faces. So 
I think it's important to have a perspective shift, a bit of a reality check. You have to do the one thing so well that you continue to do that one thing for that one person so that one person can bring in more people like that person and essentially strengthen your offer, strengthen your business, streamline your service. And you should become obsessed with being the best at doing the one thing that you do. And what I'm noticing in the industry is People are working with coaches or consultants or agencies for business advice. Great. That's what you do when you want to grow. You work with somebody who can help you and it'll expedite your growth. That's literally, you either pay to learn and you do it faster or you pay with time, pay with money or pay with time. So there's a lot of people, a lot of co- uh, coaches and clients and ex-clients and people that I'm just noticing Now, I've also had a bit of time off, but I've been on social. So I've been seeing and I've been noticing and I've been paying attention. And it's like everyone's kind of come back to this one-on-one coaching, private, personalized, custom. Like, what am I selling though? What is it that you're selling? We're selling coaching. And what you end up doing is defying the marketing principles that have been taught to you, that have been proven by science, human behavior principles, And just going back to what you think, it's like saying the diet's not working. I've been doing it for two days. I'm going back to what I like in the whole scheme of your entire life or in your, in your entire career of you mastering your craft, you go and get help to help yourself position and differentiate yourself in a very busy, very popular market. And then you decide me, I'm just going to go back and do it my way. In the grand scheme of things, it's a microsecond compared to the the whole life that you've lived or the career that you've created. So be very mindful from how much you guys are toing and froing because I'm seeing it a lot in the industry and I think it's causing a lot of frustration. First, first golden point. The second tip that I have for frustrated coaches and business owners right now is stay true to your messaging. Let's come back to who you are here to serve, what is the real problem that you are solving, what is the goal, and what is the pain point of your client, and let's use their language. This isn't Jenna's golden formula of how to go broke. This is the literal human behavior principles, the psychology of marketing is appeal to your client. Make people like you, make people pay you. That's business. So essentially, if you're telling me that you're having a hard time converting, what you're actually telling me is you're having a hard time, or if you're not getting any leads, you're having a hard time appealing to your target audience. So they might not even know that they need you yet. This is where you also have to have an understanding of who it is that you're working with, because you need to know where in the awareness Uh, or where in the buyer decision-making process, essentially, your potential clients are. I had a a lead or a call yesterday with a person, a woman, who wants to work with female bodybuilders who want to use performance-enhancing drugs. And she said to me, oh, you know, I've worked or spoken to other business coaches, and they say it's not a good idea. And I'm saying that is terrible advice. I think that's a great idea. If you want a niche on females who want to work on their physique, and use performance enhancing drugs and step on stage, you have a very specific niche. If you can't find 10 of those people in the entire world with very specific messaging, that niche doesn't exist. And of course it does. So let's come back to 
getting engaged leads. And if this is something that you're struggling with, let's come back to who is my ideal client? What is their pain point? And what are their goals? And how can I use their language back to them? Instead of spending your time working on the back end of your business, creating something new, creating something better, creating something bigger, creating something cheaper, you should be obsessed with the clients that have come through your business. And I'm like frustrated as I say this because I feel like this is boring content for me to put out because I'm repeating myself. But really, it comes back to who are you trying to serve? So if you are not getting the leads, you need to reframe your offer because your offer is not appealing. So you need to think, who am I trying to solve and what is their problem right now? And I always say If you need inspo, go to womenshealth.com.au, Women's Health Mag, Fitness First Mag, Virgin Active, Cosmopolitan. Go to a news agent, they still exist, and go have a look at magazine front covers because that is an indication of what the general population or real world is talking about, particularly if that's your industry. I'm seeing a lot of words like deficit flying around, and that is a bold assumption that your general pop consumer knows what a deficit is. The word deficit to most people in humanity, I would say, is commonly associated with a budget, right? So I'm seeing terms used by trainers that only trainers kind of understand that circulate in this industry that makes trainers feel like their content's not good enough because they're being reviewed by their peers who are the only people who would understand their terminology, which is why... You're not getting the engagement that you need. So my third tip is leverage. Leverage industry professionals, leverage pop culture, leverage common trends, leverage your best clients. These are the ways that you can grow. And actually, I would start with leveraging your best client. Leverage your best client, green screen how you took them from A to B, green screen what their goals were, what their pain points were, and lead with that. Susie came to me. Actually, I wouldn't even say that because that's boring. Nobody cares about Susie. I would say something like, for the busy moms who can only get to the gym three times a week, here's what Susie achieved. So coming back to focusing on your focus, because unless you're making seven figures in revenue, unless you're doing a million dollars a year, you're not really running a business. If you can't take time away and actually continue to earn money, You don't really have a business, you have a job, which means that the business principles aren't working in your company or organization. So it comes back to one person, one product, one channel. It's a very, very simple thing to follow. And every person that comes through your service experience or uses your product provides an opportunity for you to learn how to continue to make it better how to continue to position it better, how to change your wording, how to change your approach, how to build a relationship, build a network, and then leverage your community as well. So I think coming back to your single-minded focus, split your focus, split your results. If you are listening to this and you are not making $1 million a year and only you would really freaking know how how well you're doing, only deep down you know how you're feeling, and you've got three product offerings you're doing it wrong. You are putting too much effort into trying to push multiple things when you could be really focusing on 
appealing strongly to your niche with your primary service that gets the best results to attract more people from your niche, which could then justify a lower ticket offer. So that's my rant, I think, for a lot of people who I have had in emotional distress. And I'm just thinking you've literally only just started, number one. Even if you're two years in, you still just started. Keep going. Keep going. Keep learning. Keep focused. Keep chipping away. And let me remind you that having a job is no easier than having a business. For anybody who has made jokes, I know there's been a few of us about the end of the year and burnout and whatever, but essentially the same thing happens. So it brings me probably to my next segment of this episode and that would be burnout it's something that people aren't talking about everyone's talking about you know million dollar funnels killing it with their business their client results pumping the highlight reel of social media i just took a break because i went through some some, something traumatic really horrible family tragedy but i've noticed that Everything that I see on social media is just people killing it, people winning their diet, people winning their shred, people pumping out six, seven, eight, nine, ten figure business things, whatever it is that people are posting. And I'm like, can I reset my feed? Is there a way that I can stop seeing all of this bullshit? Like I stopped competing so long ago and people are still asking me what I eat in a day. And I'm thinking there's surely more to life. This isn't business to me. This isn't entrepreneurship. This is not successful entrepreneurship when you're obsessed with certain small wins and you can't see past them and you can't grow. And I think it's burning people out. So it brings me to my next point. As we are all working to achieve our goals and get better, whatever entrepreneurship means to you, whatever success looks like to you as we are all moving the goalposts because that's what happens. We're setting goals for 2024. I've actually created a free 2024 planner. If you want it, you can send me a DM. I will, I'll send it out to you or you can head to bigappetite.com and sign up for it. I'll send it out as well. So I think there's a lot of people right now feeling burnt out because they're setting goals to the new year. They're reflecting on the past and They're either not where they thought they would be or they're just exhausted. It's October. I've taken three weeks and it wasn't necessarily a break. I'll tell you that much, but it was definitely a a step away from my reality and noticing the highlight reel that is social media, regardless of the platform and hearing the the heaviness of the concerns of my clients, I just felt like I had a responsibility to come on here and say, humanity, we are all in this together and we are all struggling with our struggles at some points in the week or the day. Nobody just wakes up in fucking shit sunshine and goes about their day every single day and kills it. It's just not how it works. And this is another conversation that I've had regularly or multiple times yesterday, and that is... People just can't go 100% all of the time. Now, why do we feel that we have to in business? Why do you have to show up at 100% every single day? If you had a client working for fat loss, you would say 80-20, 80-20 rule. 
What if you go 150% sometimes and then 50% the next day? What if you do 200% one day and then nothing the next day? You know, Sunday could be your day of rest. I don't know. Mondays, you could really hustle. But I feel that there's this just unhappiness with people within themselves with how hard they're working and what they've done. And another great book that I talk about a lot is The Gap and the Gain. You can also get it for free or my learning list for free, I should say, when you head to our website and sign up at bigappetite.com. That's with a U. But essentially what I'm noticing is people are failing to reflect. Now, for me, being away and being in South Africa, I really had an opportunity to reset my perspective. I love South Africa for this. I love being in the bush. I love being around animals, nature, vast landscapes. It makes you feel very insignificant. When you see the circle of life unfolding around you and dung beetles rolling dung and fighting for female beetles and lions with blood on their face because they've just had a feed and that sun sets and when it sets, there is no light, absolutely no light, especially if there's low jetting. So my point is you feel very insignificant and you kind of realize, especially when people around you die or pass, you kind of realize that things can happen very suddenly and all the things that we're stressing about become very insignificant if all of a sudden you couldn't show up. If something happened to you tomorrow and you were no longer there, the world would go on and people would have to find a way. And what I find is happening is people instead are pushing themselves to show up and create this what is now looking like heartless content because they've essentially lost their spark. They've lost their spark. They're feeling stressed. They're not getting the return on investment that they were hoping for because they're not committed to their focus because they're feeling like they have to do more, better, new all the time because that's what everyone else is doing and AI is going to come and eat us all. And it's just not the case. So I feel like it's a a huge, hugely important thing to reset your perspective right now, especially before the new year. You don't have to wait until the end of the year. You can take a weekend. It doesn't have to be three weeks of a break, but just take the weekend to check in with yourself because this whole sprint that we're on is actually a marathon, right? And I have a little running analogy that I sort of realized yesterday when I went for a run, whatever day it was, is you can run really hard and fast out the gates and then two years into your career, you could be crying saying, when is it going to work? It's crazy because this life that we're living is a marathon and building a business and achieving our goals is something that we are always going to be working towards. So it's important that we adopt a more stable and consistent approach, be kinder to ourselves. And on that note of being kinder to ourselves, something else that I have noticed that I'm going to rant about it. And that is I feel like social media is hating on the morning routine these days. Alex Hormozzi says, I don't have a morning routine. Morning routines are a waste of time. I wake up and work. And so now everyone else is like, yeah, fuck yeah. I wake up and work because I don't have a morning routine because I don't need one because I am invincible. And that is bullshit. I'm sorry. If you don't have a morning routine, that is so fine. That is so fine. But whatever your thing is, your self-care, your self-soothing, and you might not like those words because you're too good for them, but I tell you what, you don't need them as much when you've got nine figures of revenue or eight figures of revenue coming in. So unless you're doing $100 million a year, obviously money doesn't buy happiness, but I'll tell you what, it does relieve stress. And stress is one of the biggest killers and causes of unhappiness and depression. So 
Plus, money is also definitely a form of validation and gratification. I don't care if you want to say it's not. If you're all on here finding likes and engagement and crying that you're not getting it, money buys happiness to a degree. So if you are saying, <laughs> I don't need a morning routine, and you're also crying about your, your, your burnout and also not focused on your focus and creating multiple products because you're not achieving what you want to be achieving and you're stressing yourself out, I invite you to slow down, slow the fuck down and just breathe deeply, read a book, read several books, write down your thoughts, do some shit that makes you present, that makes you aware of the things, the problems that you are creating for yourself, your thoughts, your patterns, your processes, your goals, and then read some things that can help you do that better. It's called educating, awareness, problem identification, solution get educated you can do it for free you don't even need to pay people you can listen to podcasts you can read books and then maybe then you'll calm yourself down you'll start to feel better you'll find your own focus and you'll come back to your path so (laughs) thank you so much for listening to my ted talk this was a short sharp and aggressive podcast i hope you liked it If I talk to your ear off and you feel like, oh my God, Jenna, this is too much, I want to know. But if you can relate to what I'm saying, I also want to know, as always, please do leave a review. I would love to hear from you. This is my first episode back. And if there is something that I didn't cover, I would love to know what it is that you want to hear next. So as always, thank you for tuning in.